How many remember the queen that stood in front of the mirror in Snow White? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? And she knew what the mirror was going to say. We're, especially now, our society is caught up with figuring out who we are, what our identity is. And it's, uh, and it's sad that we actually create identity around other people's opinions. And we look for other people's affirmation. And if somebody doesn't like us on Facebook, we're depressed for three days. If we didn't get enough likes, we're depressed for three days. Some of you are depressed for weeks. If, if Facebook bothers you that much, get off. Get off the stink. If you're on Facebook for affirmation, what is wrong with you? I don't know about you, but my affirmation comes from the Lord. If he's happy with me, I care less how many likes I got. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. So we're going to go through some things, old Snow White. And, but, but the problem is one day the mirror said, mm, there's somebody else. Somebody's prettier than you. Somebody has come of age. And you know the story. You know, she had to kill Snow White, and Snow White ran with, the, with those seven weirdos. And, and, and I mean, look at their names. These guys are strange. <laughs> Snow White might have been safer in the castle. I don't know. I'm just saying. But <laughs> so, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole story, except I, I want to I, I get in on this mirror. Because what, by now, hopefully you know, uh, a lot of you weren't here last week. But we started a series on, on the tabernacle, Moses' tabernacle. And last week we talked about the, the linen uh, fence around the tabernacle. And we talked about going through the door. Who is, who is Jesus is the door? And that's the only way in. And then the first piece of furniture. You know, you, know, you know, when you set up furniture in your house, you don't put furniture in the way. You put things off to the side where you sit, right? Well, this is weird because as soon as you go through the door, there's a piece of furniture blocking your path. And it's there on purpose because you're not supposed to go any farther if you haven't made a sacrifice. Unless blood is spilled, you cannot go farther than the brazen altar. Blood has to be spilled before you move any farther. Can I get an amen on that? The second piece of furniture is also blocking your way. It's sort of blocking the door into the holy place. So you go from one piece of furniture to the second piece, which is called the laver. Think of it as a, as a sort of a cup and, and, and saucer kind of thing. And it's, it's, there are no dimensions given, but obviously it's big enough for several pre priests to get around to wash their hands and their feet. Not sure how they wash their feet up in the labor. 
But it did have kind of a saucer at the bottom. Maybe there was, you know, we were not sure, but perhaps there's water at the bottom or there's some kind of overflowing. They would wash their hands and their feet before they could go into any ministry. Let's go into the scripture. And in Exodus chapter 30 and verse 17, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also make a laver of bronze with its base also of bronze for washing. You know what that tells me? We need something else after the blood. I don't know if you've ever heard anyone preach quite like this, but I'm going to preach like this. There's a next step. There's something else after the blood. We'll get into it. You shall put it between the altar of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it. You shall put water in it. Mm -hmm. For Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet in water from it. Then when they go into the tabernacle of meeting or when they come near the altar to minister, to burn an offering made by fire to the Lord, they shall wash with water lest they die. Does that sound serious? You know, nowadays, if you don't wash your hands, you just get COVID. But you might die. <laughs> but back then, if you didn't wash your hands, God killed you. I hate it when that happens. So they shall wash their hands and their feet lest they die, and it shall be a statute forever to them. That means that this has meaningful. We don't, we don't have to physically wash our hands and feet, but, but, and we're glad when you do. But, 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 but there's a principle here. Come on. There's a principle here forever to him and his descendants throughout their generation. Then a couple uh, chapters later, there's this little note in chapter 38 and verse 8, and it says this. He made, Moses made the laver of bronze and its base of bronze from the bronze mirrors of the serving women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Now, they don't have, glass really hasn't been invented yet. So they used bronze, but that was the mirrors that the, that the women would have, and it was made from the women's mirrors, which is a miracle in itself if you think about it, that a woman would give up her mirror. Come on now. Every one of you got a little one in your... Sometimes I see people, and I think they're looking on their... On the, it, how many of you learned that this can be a mirror? <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's? We got them everywhere. I don't know. You don't see many, many women. And some of you men, you're guilty, too. You can't walk down the hall, and you see a mirror, and you go, We're obsessed with our looks. 
Watch, watch people out in the parking lot. They pull in. They turn their car off. They drop the mirror. <laughs> Women are out there putting makeup on. I didn't say while driving. Y'all don't do that. No, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> but before you come in, Jesus, there was a time in the church all that was sin. <laughs> just saying, just saying. I'm talking 40 years, okay? That was a long time ago. Oh, put the picture up. <laughs> Of the laver, this is what it looks like, and uh, or there's several pictures of this. Is we don't we're not exactly sure how this bottom looked. Something like it was like more like a saucer, and the water would flow over. We we don't know exactly. It's the only piece of furniture that didn't have exact measurements, because I think what the Lord is saying: whatever you need, it's going to be there for you. How many know the water represents the Word of God? And they wash their hands and their feet before we come into his presence. We need to have clean hands. Come on now. Before we handle ministry, we need clean hands and clean feet. They could not go into the holy place. Unless they washed their hands and their oh. Come on. Psalms 24, you, you know this. Uh, let, let me read just a little bit of it. Who, who, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who can come into the presence of God? Who can enjoy his blessing? Who can minister before him? Who can experience the love and joy of God? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn, sworn deceitfully. Come on, church. Who may, uh, uh, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Whew, think about that. Lift up your heads, O oh, you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. You know, another question is, who are the gates? Who are, the, who are these? You know, I, I believe in some way perhaps we can interpret that, that we are the gates. We talk about eyes, ears, nose, all the senses as being gateways. And all those things need to be anointed and pure before God. Who shall, who, you know, how does, how does God come through the gates? If we live that holy life, he's coming through the gates. Ah, how many got what I'm saying? The holy place. The holy place. It's the place of the word of God. I want to get into this water, this, this washing that we have to do. 
You know, they counted them up. What? Since I've been here, over 4,000 messages I've preached, none of them repeating. Some of you have been with me since from the beginning. Some of you have been with me 20, 30, 35 years. You've heard me preach thousands of messages, and you're still ornery. Did none of them make any difference? Did How many of you as a preacher, you, some, you, sometimes on Monday morning you're like, did I do any good yesterday or not? Did they get it? Did they? Because the Word is meant to change you. Amen. The Word is sharp, and it, it separates soul from spirit. What does that mean? The Word is what dis- helps you to discern what is natural and what is spiritual, what's holy, what's not holy, what's of God, what's not of God, what's going to get you to heaven, and what will take you to hell. It's time to know the Word. The Word makes all the difference in the world. Amen. Elder Kevin was talking to me a little before church. He says, you know, some Christians are pacifier Christians. You stick pacifiers in babies' mouths and they think they're getting something to eat, but there's no nutrition there. And some people are being preached to, but they're not preached the word. That's called pacifier. In other words, you're just trying to keep them happy. but not really feeding them. Some preaching just keeps people happy, but it doesn't feed them. They go out and say, oh, that was a good sermon, but it didn't change them. Nothing happened. We need to get into the milk of the Word and the bread of the Word and the meat of the Word. Three different levels there. We need to get into the Word that will change us. We need the nutrition that comes from the Word of God. And quit being pacifier Christians. Give him praise. Amen. So when you come into the when you come into the outer court, it's blood first and then water. It's blood first and then water. You go through the blood and then you go through the water. That reminds me when the children of Israel came out of Egypt. Come on, follow me. Come on. They come out of Egypt. They applied what to the doors? They applied the blood. And when the death angel, can I tell you something? There is a death angel. There is evil in this world that seeks to destroy us. More than ever before, the death angel is everywhere, and he's seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom, but if he sees the blood, He can't kill you. Amen. You know, one day I'm going to die, but I made up my mind I'm not dying one minute before my time. The blood, the blood. We apply the blood. That means there's no death in that house. I remember when, the, when all the hurricanes hit and they were going from house to house with boats and they checked out the house to see if there's anybody in there. And if there wasn't anybody in there, they would, mark, they would put a cross on, on, the, on that house and say, that, you know, you don't need to check. This house is safe. It's okay. Oh, church, how many of us got a cross over the, over the lintels of our door? How many of you can say, I'm safe, amen. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus and no 
death angel can touch me here. Oh, God. Ah, hallelujah. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. We've got to have the blood of Jesus before anything else. But then it's water. Now, I want you to catch this. The death angel couldn't kill him because of the blood. But even, be, even with the blood, Pharaoh was allowed to chase them. And if Pharaoh had caught them, he'd have killed them. They didn't have weapons. They were slaves for 400 years. They didn't even know how to fight if you put a gun in their hand. Pharaoh was chasing him. I have a word for some of you. You got to get in the word. You got to get in the word. I'm going to give you a good reason because Pharaoh can't get past the word. He was drowned in the water. They went through the water, but he was drowned in the water. We got to go from blood to water. We've got to, oh my God, there's something happening in the church this morning as we begin to realize the power of going through the water and getting to the other side. Deliverance is near this morning. Healing is near this morning. Thank God for the blood. But we're going through the water this morning. Give him praise, amen. Without the blood, you can't get through the water. But the enemy cannot go through the water. It's water before worship. It's blood. It's water. It's worship. Water takes us to a different dimension. It ta water takes us to a place where no demon can go. It's good to be covered in blood. There's a bloodline. That, that stops him from doing certain things. But I all oh, the word... The word is a weapon. The word, I mean, let me say, you got to get in the word because there's another dimension there that no devil can go. Hmm. Now, now, this is kind of cool. Uh, remember when J Jesus had to go through the water? Before he started his ministry, he had to be baptized. Before he started his ministry, he had to go through the through the water. And John is there. John's his cousin. As far as we know, the two of them have, have not met since they were both in the water. <laughs> they were both in the water. Isn't it interesting that when you were born, you came through the water. Jesus said, we're gonna, Jesus said, I'm gonna give you, you gotta be born again. That means you gotta go through some water to be born again. If you're gonna see you as God sees you, you've got to go through the water. Some of you were dry as a bone. And it's interesting, it's interesting that when they were both in the water, for those of you that don't read your scriptures, Mary and Elizabeth were both pregnant. Elizabeth with John, Mary with Jesus, and what did it say? What did it say? John had not moved. What was it? it was like six months, and the baby had not moved. See, some of you, you've been through the blood, but your baby hasn't moved. 
You've been through the, you've been through the, <laughs> Jesus, you, you, you've been through the blood. You, you have your sins forgiven, but you're, you've not, you've not experienced your future yet. You're not seeing the blessings yet. You've not been healed of some things yet. Some of you might have some, some habits that need to be broken off. And you, listen, it's only through the water. Amen. It's through the cleansing of the word that you go through these things and get washed. Amen. You got to go through the blood, but then you got to go through the water. And when these two babies met, John had not moved. And, and, and Mary said something deeply theological. I want you to listen to this, greeters. She said something so deep. She said, hey, Liz. Deep. And when she said, read your scripture. When she said, hey, Liz, the baby leaped how many of you have been pregnant before i know some men can now too i guess i don't know i don't want to leave anybody out if you're a pregnant guy just go ahead and admit it jesus will probably cut me off it's all right feel like dancing. Anybody else feel good in this place? God's about to do something. Where in the world was I? Huh? I was pregnant. Thank you. I know I'm about three months now. Gloria said six. She's such an encouragement. I don't know. I don't know how many of you. I'm sure all of you felt the baby move. You felt the baby kick, but you've never felt him do. He was filled with the spirit in his mother's. And then John meets his cousin, Jesus. And he says about Jesus, I baptize in water. And I've been baptized in water when I was in the womb. So I know something about water. But when Jesus comes, He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about another whole dimension we got to talk about next week. Give him glory, amen. (laughs) Isn't that cool, these cousins? So really, Jesus as a baby baptizes John in the womb. And then John baptizes Jesus in water. And, and, And John's like, I don't know about that. Right, Larry? I don't know about that. <laughs> right? I don't know about that. You, you know, you, know you, you baptized me in the Spirit, and I, I, I can't baptize you in water. And Jesus says, I know, I know, I know. Just let it be. Let it be because it's really strange, and the, and the roles are reversed. But I've got to go through the water. Got to go through the water. 
I need the water. How many are hungry? How many are thirsty for the water? That next dimension passing through the water. Why did they have to wash? Because the altar is a messy place. Ministry is messy. Dealing with the world is messy. Just going to work on Monday is messy. Come on. They had blood on their hands. They had animals, whatever, on their hands. They had the smoke, the dirt, the grime. Come on, they were out in the open, under the, under the sun. And Jesus said, before you come into my presence, what you're doing out there is necessary. But before you come into my presence... You need to wash. And watch this. On your way back out, you have to wash. Notice it was just the hands and feet. They weren't in there like a bird bath. Why do you even keep me around? I don't know. People say, I heard you on the radio, and I just apologize. I just go ahead. I just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus. It reminds me of Peter at the Last Supper. And Jesus said, I'm going to wash your feet. Peter, you ain't washing my feet. If I don't wash your feet, you have, I have nothing to do with you. Well, then wash me all over. Come on, I'm just going to take a nasty plunge in Jesus. No, Jesus says, you're all ready, clean. The blood. The blood cleans you. But there's two things. Your feet keep touching the dirt. And though you're clean, you've got to wash your feet because it's the part of the body that touches the earth, touches the dirt. So it has to be washed every day. Come on, church. And then the hands. Why the hands? Because the hands represent ministry. Because it's the hands that touch, I'm sorry, sinners. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. It's the hands that touch holy things. So how can a sinner be holy? Is not a sinner made in the image of God. Listen, when you minister to somebody, don't ever look down on them because they were made in the image of God. And if it weren't for the grace of God, that's you. So you're not better. You're just forgiven. Don't ever act better. Don't ever put your nose in the air. Oh, those people. No, those, that's you. 
That's you if it, if it weren't for Jesus. So whenever you touch someone, whenever you minister to somebody, they, listen, listen, if they didn't do it, they died. God's telling us, when you come out of the holy place and you go to minister around the altar, wash your hands first. He said, well, they didn't wash hands at the Last Supper. Really? You can't wash someone's feet without washing your hands. There's just something about if you'll keep yourself clean, it'll keep your hands clean. If you'll wash your feet, and here it is. Jesus says, I got a new commandment for you. I got a, can you believe that? A new, there was 10 of them. Isn't that enough? The Jews had like 650. Isn't that enough? Jesus said, I got a new commandment. I don't want you to love your neighbor as yourself. I want you to love your neighbor as I have loved you. That means you've got to wash their feet. You've got to put yourself down. You've got to get out there and love them as Jesus would love them. Hallelujah. But don't you touch them with filth in your life. Or you die. Oh, that's Old Testament. Ooh. Oh, is it? How about when... Paul was doing communion. I think I got that somewhere. I may have to jump ahead here, guys. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Can you jump ahead? Watch this. But, if a, but let a man examine himself before he takes communion, before he touches the holy thing. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, dirty hands, going to get tight now. Hang on. You've been liking it so far. Eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. The Lord's body is everyone around you. It means not being selfish. It means, it means that taking communion is not just about filling your belly. It's about being there for everyone else. For this reason, Many of you are weak and sick, dirty hands, and many sleep. That's Paul's way of saying they dead. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If we would wash our hands. He wouldn't have to judge us. Wow. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Listen, when Jesus convicts you, accept it and go. Hands and feet. Hands and feet. We need to get some. Go to uh, James chapter 1, verse 23, 24. Go back up to that real quick. How many want, how many want some word? I'm not just preaching some weird thing. Uh, for, for, anyone, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Wow. He sees the smudge, but just goes on. 
he sees his hair is a mess, just goes on. For, any, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. Wow. John 15, 3. Watch this real quick. For we are already clean because of the, you're already clean except your hands and feet. Ephesians chapter 5, 26 and 27. Let's get this word. That he might sanctify and cleanse the church with the washing of water by the word. There, there's my whole sermon right there. Go home. That he might present her, that's you, to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Washing our hands, washing our feet. Wow. It's time to go to the laver. He said, build it. You need to build a laver. What does that mean? You need to build time with the word. You need to be systematic about it if possible. The word needs to be something that's constantly coming to you. Build the labor. Build your life around the word. The labor is what holds the word, right? So the labor is the system. Find a system of reading and studying and praying the word back to God. It needs to be a system. Some people, they're just like, you know, the water faucet Christians. You need a laver. The word needs a place to sit where you can look in. Ah, remember how they built it, the looking glasses. So when they looked into the laver, they would see their reflection at the bottom. But how many know whenever you look through water, the image is different? The word. The Word will show you who you really are. If you just look in the mirror, you'll see something. You'll see who you are at the moment. And and, and you're not going to be happy with that. And you'll have to keep checking it. But if you fill the laver with water, you'll start seeing yourself as God sees you. And you'll begin to see an identity and form an, 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 oh my God, an identity of who you really are in God. That's what the Word does. My life is not determined by your opinion of me. My life is not determined by my past. 
Amen. Who I am is not determined by my faults and failures. My identity is not formed from your opinion of me or the devil's lies. My opinion comes from the Holy Spirit of God. I know who I am because I can see myself in the Word of God. Get a laver and fill it with the Word. And come into a whole different dimension. Worship team, come up, come up, come up, come up. Jesus, hallelujah. I can see them washing before they go in. Washing as they go out. Their hands, their feet, everything holy before the Lord. You see, this is, this is, really, this is really worship, isn't it? This is really worship. I, oh, hallelujah. When they, when they passed through the Red Sea and God closed, see, God will use the word to kill the enemy. He'll use the word. Didn't Jesus use the word? It is. When the devil tempted him, hey, devil. He didn't fight with him. He didn't argue with him. He just quoted scripture. The word says, and the devil says, eh, let me try this. The word says, eh, let me try this. And he was distorting the word. Oh, that's another sermon. But he just kept coming back. The word says, the word says, because the word will drown Pharaoh's army. <laughs> I'm trying to get you somewhere. I preached 4,000 messages. By now, you should have drowned many demons. Amen. Glory to God. Right? When, 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 when Jesus cast them out of that guy, they said, we got we to have a body to go into. He said, how about the, that herd of pigs? Okay, go, go live in the pigs. They get in the pigs and the pigs say, I'm out of here. Pigs have more sense than some people. And the pigs jumped off a cliff. Jumped off a cliff. Why did they do that? Because demons can't swim. I want to tell you, can I share something personal? I didn't know if I was going to do this. I think I'm going to do this. The Word, the Word, the Word, that cleansing, that washing. The last couple months, I've had this image in my head. You young people have no clue what I'm about to say. You old people will identify. I got a picture in my head. You probably saw it with the, the lemmings or whatever they call it. I had this picture of thousands of people running in single file. I mean, running fast. It's like a cartoon. Do we have? Do we have it? Throw it up there. I, I told Missy. I said, "Find somebody jumping off a cliff." There she. Here it goes. <laughs> I, that. And and there was this long. I don't know where the comic is. I can't find it anymore. But there was this long line of people running as fast, and they didn't know where they were going. They were just following the guy in front of them. 
And all of a sudden, they get to the edge, and they realize, I've been running to the edge of a cliff. And I realize, and the devil said, there's your life. You've been running and running for almost 50 years. You've been serving the Lord. Just running. And all you're doing is running to a cliff. And one of these days, you're not going to see it coming, but you're going to be running, and suddenly, nothing. you're gone. You're dead. That bothered me. Isn't that stupid? You get a certain age, you start thinking, yeah, I'm going to die. <laughs> Hello? If you're in your 30s, you, you're going to live forever. Don't, don't, just don't pay any attention to me. But when you get older, you realize you start counting how many are left. <laughs> how many are left? One of these days, you're just, it's just over. And after weeks, just feeding on me, all of a sudden, the Word got a hold of me. And God put another comic strip in my head. And you see all those people falling off the cliff? He showed me a picture like this guy right here, right, right here, just about to go off, and then this guy's going off. And as this guy's falling off, he sprouted wings and flew up. <laughs> you know what did that? The Word. Ye shall mount up with wings as eagles. You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. Even the youth are going to be wore out. The devil's going to do everything he can to kill you, to wipe you off the planet. He will lie to you. He will uh, hold you up, hinder you, attack you. But I'm here to tell you, you can mount up with wings as eagles and do the supernatural. Somebody... Somebody praise him in the house. Yeah, I'm running to a cliff, but when I get to the end of my life, it's not over. It's the beginning of eternity. Stand to your feet and give him praise. Woo! Oh, that somebody got that. Somebody got that. Somebody got that. This word you got this morning is quick and powerful and sharp. It's going to heal. It's going to deliver. How many know we are on the verge of a mirac of a breakout of the of the miraculous? I don't know that we've ever lost it, but how many are ready to go to a whole new dimension? It's gonna happen as we get in the word. And not just the milk, not just the bread. But the meat, the meat is going to bring the miraculous.
this, this morning as I was getting ready, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me to change something we do in the altar services. And he says, don't just have people come up here that need prayer, but everyone that has had a miracle, they need to tell me what it is. <laughs> and we're going to take a minute right there at the altar to praise the Lord for a miracle. Come on. Nobody does. I never heard of such a thing. Why do we just come to the altar when we have a need? We need to come to the altar when we have a testimony. And you don't even have to give it if you don't want to. Just tell me what it is and I'll edit it. We don't have time for a life story. When I was five, you know, we don't need all the buildup. Just tell me what God did. Just tell me what God did. Just tell me what. You got one? Just tell me what God did. <laughs> 